biggest sports stories of the week. Right? He's not going to leave Jordan Love the covered bear for Jordan Love. We know that. He's, he's going to look out for his guy. So, uh, Kyle, Kyle liked that. Kyle. That was funny. That was funny. What? I'm serious. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite team. What would happen if Brian Gutekunst sat up at a press conference and said, I made a mistake. Plus some fun with pop culture. So you'd never needed to stop for dinner at Magic City like Lou Williams did? I mean, does anybody actually believe he just he chose that just for dinner? Like, does he think that's working? This is Sunday Carter. The, the yeah. unibrow, like, because I'm kind of like Bert. <laughs> like, when, like, if I don't get the, the eyebrows done, I just have one eyebrow, pretty much. <laughs> But since COVID, I haven't had any of that. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City, alongside his precocious daughter, Harper, here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Carmison. you're able to uh, go out and bring in a player like Andrew Wiggins who ends up doing it on both sides of the ball, right? Andrew Wiggins, you know, did to Jason Tatum what nobody in the Bucks series could do, right? I mean, I mean that's when you have a, a super athletic wing like uh, Andrew Wiggins. That's exactly what they can do. And, and, and I told you before, Craig, I'm not trying to go on my, you know, the hype-up train. Because I did tell you a couple weeks ago that I was confident that the Warriors were going to win yes, this year. Did. But also, I said, Jason Tatum is a really great player. I mean, he's highly skilled at basically everything. You saw him basically stuffing the stat sheet. But he is not 
what they were trying to make him out to be. When he had that 41-point game against the Bucks in Game 6, that was impressive. But Jason Tatum was not consistent throughout the playoffs doing it every single time. No, it wasn't. And so that's my whole thing with Jason Tatum is that Jason Tatum, he needs to take a couple more steps in order for his team yeah, but to what, take the what would, what would Giannis have been doing against Golden State in the, in the finals? Th- this year? Yeah. Oh, Dominic, oh Giannis would have had Giannis would have averaged 28 points per game. 28? Oh, Giannis would have ate. 38. He would have, yeah, well, I'm just, well, I'm no, just saying, at I'm, least. I'm saying, I'm saying if you look at what he averaged against Boston, yeah. who matched up better defensively against Giannis, it would not have surprised me. And, and this isn't like exaggerating. I mean, Giannis could average 40 against Golden State. Now, again, if Chris was back, it would have changed things, and you and who knows, you know, how, how things would have gone. But Golden State had, I mean, no one who played in that series could have covered Giannis. No, oh, yeah, yeah, no, because Draymond right. sure ain't stopping him. Andrew Wiggins would have got bodied. Yeah, Otto Porter would have got destroyed. Right. No, it, they would have, I mean, Kaminga, but he's, I mean. Did he even play? He, he didn't really play, but he's, and I don't know if he's big enough, right, Giannis? I mean, they would have tried to throw Kavon Looney 414 boy right. on him. I mean, that's, yep. that's about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that that is why you just realize how how many things need to go right because the Bucks had the squad to do it this year. They no. absolutely did, right? And and that matchup against Phoenix last year, if they had had that again this year, would have been tough. I, I think the Bucks matched up better with Golden State, right, no, than they I would think, have even against Phoenix. No, this year, and what gave me more confidence going into next season for the Bucks is knowing that if Chris Middleton is healthy during the playoff run and not knowing what the rest of the roster is going to truly look like, I still feel pretty confident overall that the Bucks are still a legitimate championship contender. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got so much to talk about. We are. Are, are we ready to uh, we'll stay, keep it here we'll for a keep, while? We'll keep oh, rocking and rolling. Good. Let's keep, keep rocking and rolling. For a while. We are at, uh, we are at Juneteenth. Uh, the parade going on. See some uh, dancing going on right there. A little uh, part of the parade. Yeah, no, um, it's cool. Is this? Have you been to the Juneteenth celebration parade before? I've been. I've been to the one in Madison. I never. Oh, been to I didn't one know in, they even had one yeah, in Madison. Never been. Being never been to the Milwaukee uh, Juneteenth uh, parade. Nah. This is one of the one of the longest running uh, celebrations and parades of Juneteenth in the country. So the fact that we've been doing this for now 51 years. Why don't you tell those uh, who are. Uh, uh, not aware of what Juneteenth is. Yeah, so Juneteenth is a celebration of basically the emancipation population, and I'm, I'm not great with dates, but I believe 1863 that was signed, the Emancipation Proclamation, either that or 65, one of the two. But basically what Juneteenth is, is a celebration of when the last slaves in Galveston, Texas, actually got the news two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed that they were actually free. So those individuals in Galveston, Texas... They didn't have Texas, the gram? They, no, they didn't have a gram back then. They couldn't, they couldn't hit them on the telly. And so it took two years for individuals who were down in Texas to get news that they were actually free. So they were actually acting still enslaved, even though they truly had their freedom. And so we celebrate when the last slaves in America were actually freed. And so that's what Juneteenth is a celebration and a recognition of. And in my eyes, a celebration where our country finally had where everybody was free. And so it's a huge, a huge celebration. I'm glad it's a federal holiday. Uh, we get to celebrate it tomorrow as well as a federal holiday uh, for our company to get a chance to rest and reflect on uh, really the past and the history.
Now, are people um, more wearing black today because it's Juneteenth? Like, or is that just how much people wear black normally? Cause no. it, it's like a hot day out, and I feel like everybody's... I, I know our station shirts for the truth are black, but, like, there's so many people just wearing black, which I feel like just makes it hotter. Yeah. What, what, what's the story with that? I'm, I'm not sure because I'm not seeing the red, the black, and the green. I'm just seeing people just out in black tees. Yeah, I think exactly. Black, I think black just goes with a lot of, a lot of stuff. That's okay. basically what that comes down to. Okay, so it's more of a fashion choice than uh, than a Juneteenth uh, uniform? Because, I mean, I'm wearing white today, so... But, wait, so what do you think? I know you were worried about my gear coming into today. You, so, you, you, you know what this is? You know what I got, what I'm rocking today? Just us eagles. Is this is this the the school that you work with? No, no, no. no. Who is then? Who is just us Eagles? So this is the uh, so there's a uh, uh, on ESPN Plus. Okay. Chris Paul uh, produces a show called Why Not Us. Okay. And the first edition of that was about the North Carolina Central Eagles, oh, who are an, okay. HB, an HBCU historically black college. Um, you know, trying to make the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Uh -huh. So I figured the best way is to support them and uh, wear some of their gear and buy some of their gear. So uh, that's what I'm wearing. No, that's what's up. I, that's that's cool. That's super cool. Actually, I've seen like clips of that. So yeah. I got to, to NC uh, Central or was it NC Central? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Down yeah. there in North Carolina. Yeah. So um, all right. Well, we we have a lot going on today, as you can tell, between it being Father's Day, between it being Juneteenth. Us out on site here and uh, coming off uh, the NBA Finals. Also, uh, I think uh, got to mention uh, Lorenzo Cain. Um, Low Cain. Yep, who um, had just an incredible 10-year career. Um, you know, the best years, uh, probably not with the Brewers. I would as say they were as, not. He, as he started and ended with the Brewers, but definitely key contributor over the last, uh, you know, he opted out of uh, one season there, but uh, key contributor over the last few years and, um, you know, uh, feel like a guy who, you know, embodied, you know, what you'd want, you know, from the Brewers. And it's so rare that it could end smooth. Mm -hmm. It seemed like it did. Yeah, right? They like, let him get to the 10-year service mark and then let him go. Is there, So the significance of 10 your service means what in Major League Baseball? It means know? he gets his full pension. Okay, so so, so it means money. I okay, mean, well, no, it means money. It means health insurance. It means things at the fullest level that you can potentially get it. Now, the interesting thing would be if Lorenzo Cain were to end up and come back and play for somebody else, if that could lead to beef. But either way, you know, Lorenzo Cain, who has not, uh, you know, hitting 176 or whatever he's hitting this year, has not been, you know, the on-field contributor and, you know, not, you know, not, you know, worthy of the roster spot ultimately at I this point. Yeah, and he said that. And the fact that he's mature enough to say, you know what, hey, I'm not performing up to the level that I, I need to be performing on what he said is a really, really good team that's going to contend for something. Yeah, I think that's very mature of him to be able to say, I'm going to step away and agree to the fact that, they parted ways. Yeah, and I, I think the most important thing for the Brewers is that they seem like they're away from this losing streak now. Right? I mean, they're playing a terrible yeah. team. Yeah, okay. I mean, terrible teams always make you look great. Yeah, okay. So I'm not saying they're looking great, but so you're 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 still worried about where they are right now? Uh, no, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I think you have rough rough patches that you go through in the baseball season. I mean, this one was very rough. They could never recover from playing. What was that? 18 games in 17 days or something yeah. like that. It tore the tore the back end of that long haul. It just seems like the Bucks were losing games late. So I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. Hopefully this 
and get them back on the right track, but they're still going to And it seemed like the Brewers were, too, in addition to the Bucks losing those games. Oh, the Brewers and the Bucks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I said the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant, the, I meant the Brewers. The Bucks definitely lost some games, too. I, 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 did, I, I watched the NBA Finals. That's about it. I couldn't watch anything else. It, it was but you did watch the Finals? I, wa- I did watch the Finals. I watched Game 7 versus the Celtics in the Heat, and that's when I got back into watching it. Yeah, so I, the thing about the, the Brewers is, to me, like, it felt like this had a chance to be a year where they just rolled over the division. You know what I mean? In the division. Yeah. What? And, and now I feel like, forget that. Like, this is going to be, like, down to the end of the year, right? Like, the Cardinals are going to be in it to win it. This is going to be a typical year. Brewers trying to grind it out and then hope something uh, something goes right in the uh, in the postseason. Like you said, it's going to come down to the la- probably the last series, for sure the last week of baseball, in order to see what the Brewers do. But I, again, Craig, I do think the Brewers will bounce back. Their pitching's way too good. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping eventually the bats wake up and, and they get some consistency there. But I think the pitching's way too good for the Brewers not to be there. I know I did say this is going to be a special year and have a special run. I was getting a little bit nervous. No, but remember, weeks. remember though, I feel like it, it, a lot of those best years, like think about even the last few years in baseball. They've been terrible. Check, check in on the Braves. Yep. Check in on the Braves. Like how are they doing right now? You know, in, the Nationals in, at Juneteenth. How are the Nationals doing on Juneteenth? Right. Like if, if you if you take the pulse of where those teams were then, you know the teams that ended up winning the World Series. But it is a long season, so I don't, I don't think we can. You know, now obviously if you don't make it to the postseason, you don't have a chance. So it's good that the Brewers uh, stopped that slide and. You know, there are a few teams like that, right? The Angels, you know, the, the Los Angeles Angels, they had a longer losing streak than than the Brewers. The Phillies, they they were having a losing, right? Like those, you know, Phillies were dead. Yeah, you fired, had multiple their manager. You had multiple teams firing their managers this early in the year. So the Brewers at least look like they've settled it down and uh, and it figured out. Jason Wildy always has it figured out. He is going to join us as we continue. We are live from Juneteenth. It is Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason Wildy is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Is that the Marquette uh, Hoops team? That, that is the Marquette Hoops team. They always show up here, show some love. I like the word Shaka. We want Shaka. I don't see Shaka. I don't see him either. I'm sure he's probably rolling somewhere. Oh, there, maybe he's coming. Oh, still more Marquette. We're out at the Juneteenth Parade here, MLK Drive in Milwaukee. And um, I don't see Shaka there. Uh, maybe he's stopping, taking some selfies, I and uh, I take a selfie with Shaka. You, you gonna you gonna jump up and, and and take a selfie? You gonna leave us in the middle of uh, Jason Wilde? Good morning, Jason. You guys, this Juneteenth parade must be really special because I can't remember a time where you guys were early to have me on on Sunday Karma. Uh, yes, it's it's uh, it is because we we just went one big segment leading into you rather than two, because this was a special special start to the show out here uh, on MLK Drive uh, for Juneteenth. Uh, Jason, how's the Green Bay Juneteenth uh, parade? <laughs> I think they're working to organize that. So. Okay, um, so Jason, as we uh, as the. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> as we get uh, close, right? I mean, so training camp is a month away now? Uh, a little more than a month. They open on the 27th of July. Okay, so uh, f- five uh, five weeks or so uh, coming in into things. Um, uh, when I when I hear you throughout the week, it, it almost seems like you've you've kind of like fallen into this. This is going to be a team of two seasons. Like, let's have low expectations for the first half of this year, but there's no reason this shouldn't be a championship level team in the second half of the year. Is that is that ultimately how you're approaching this year? Yeah, I think I I may have debuted that philosophy right on this program um, in a conversation we had because look, I I. I I understand the excitement for their defense. I know Mina Kimes came on with Scalzo and Bruss to discuss her, uh, or at least the starting point of her visit, was her putting the uh, Packers as her number two defense in the league in her predictions, um, which I do believe is high. Uh, But if she's right, that'll be great for the Packers all season long. My, My thing has always been that their offense is going to be a work in progress. Uh, for as much attention as we gave to Rodgers not going to the off-season program, uh, except for the two minicamp practices, uh, which I do think was a justified topic of discussion, uh, training camp is going to be enormous for them. And I don't think there's enough work in the preseason when you don't want to risk using a good player, especially one as good as Rodgers, to an injury during a game that doesn't count after the 2015 injury to Jordy Nelson. Uh, I'm curious to see how quickly they can get up to speed, not only with new receivers, not only with an offensive line that figures to be missing at least one of its best players in Elton Jenkins, not only because they don't know what their tight end position is going to look like, but because they've also changed their coaching staff significantly on that side of the ball. So I I think it's going to be a work in progress for a good portion of the first half of the season. So with all of this work seemingly needed, what was the tone of the OTAs? Because we we see the Cowboys uh, and Commanders and teams getting fined and, you know, for, for... Workouts being too physical. What was your sense yeah. of uh, of the Packers' workouts? They were at the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, they really were. Uh, they did not have to worry about getting in trouble. Um, their 11-on-11 period, other than when they did two-minute drills at the end of practice, were at half speed. Uh, the most up-tempo portions of practice that they had were seven-on-seven periods. So Matt LaFleur was extra careful. He did say that he was uh, very leery of injury. So he probably, to use a phrase from his predecessor, played the high side of caution. But they they really did. I, it was more... Well, as and and speaking say, of his predecessor, up. right? So McCarthy's, you know, they lose, you know... OTA practices, they get fined. So was was McCarthy always kind of pushing it on that, or, is, or is, was, were you surprised to hear that? Um, well, I, I think it's changed. The most recent CBA made made it even harder to do things uh, that resemble football. So McCarthy, I, I don't I don't know what was going on in Big D, but if I were to guess, um, 
He probably was having OTAs that followed the older version of OTAs, like from 2011 through 2020, uh, which is more contact, even though you're not in pads, than they allow now. Now, here's the thing about McCarthy. This is two different philosophies. McCarthy's philosophy was, let's get all of our work done during OTAs and have really good attendance, and then... I will give you guys that are veterans of six years or more the mini camp off. And it'll be just the rookies that'll take part in that and the younger players. And so for the last three years of his tenure, 16, 17, and 18, from Aaron Rodgers on down to David Bakhtiari and anybody who played five years in the league, all those guys were excused from the final minicamp. And it was supposed to be mandatory, but it was really mandatory in name only, and it was only mandatory for young guys. And so that was his philosophy, get a lot done at OTAs. LaFleur's philosophy was, hey, we'll be happy to have everybody here for two practices for the mandatory minicamp, and then we'll go paintballing, and the rest of the time we'll settle for whoever shows up. Chatting with Jason Wilde, brought to us by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. So then if you, uh, let's just quickly turn to the, you know, we saw the Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes, like, kind of beef uh, that was starting to uh, begin, and Mahomes tried to quash it this week, squash it this week. We saw Devontae Adams, right, make the comments that there's no reason Derek Carr, he's just as talented, there's no reason he can't be Aaron Rodgers. Like, is this going to be a, uh, is there going to be a Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers thing, or, or is this not, not going to be a thing this year? I don't think it's going to be a thing. And, and look, you, you obviously want to say nice things about your new quarterback, especially in Devontae Adams' case since he's been your friend since college. Um, and by I the way, under- I think Aaron Rodgers, knowing Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to go out of his way to compare the current class of receivers to Devontae Adams because that is not his style. So, so it may be that Devontae is doing that, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing that on the on the way back. Nor would it nor would it particularly go well for him if he were to try and make those comparisons. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I, look the the Tyreek Hill thing. You know, I, I don't know what his his uh, backstory is with Mahomes and if they ever had issues or whatever else. In in Rogers and and Devontae's case, I saw they went golfing together uh, shortly after he said those things. Um, you know, I, I think he's smart enough, Devontae's smart enough, to know that you can say really nice things about your guy and praise him, and it's a good thing. But he's smart enough to phrase it in a way that, you know, I don't think he actually said that Derek Carr is better, right? Which is, right. I mean, for, or, for or even as good. good. Or even as good. Right. Right, and and for Tyreek Hill to say something like that Tua is more accurate than Mahomes, I mean, that's that's laughable. And Devontae Adams just isn't wired that way. Yeah, as as we chat with Jason Wildey. So so um, as uh, as we get closer to training camp, we said five six weeks away. Is there like do you think Goody's like working on some more, or can we just? Because you, you said it, not just receiver, tight end. I mean, is this is this what we could expect to go into training camp with? Uh, unless they um, manage to get 
Julio Jones to say, you know what, this is the team I want to play on. This is my best chance to uh, regain some level of productivity after a couple of really down years and people thinking that he's washed. Um, they have the cap space if he's not demanding huge money. Uh, he, makes, he makes the most sense. Uh, the question that I have that I have not gotten to ask Judy is after watching the offseason and assessing what you have, do you feel like you need another veteran wide receiver? And I'm not saying I want to ask him that on the record because, of course, he's not going to say that with his three rookie draft picks and Danny Davis being the additions along with Sammy Watson. That would be a, no, tell me the truth. Do you think you need more at wide receiver? And I won't quote you on it, but I really want to know. And I would love to know what his honest thought is there because, you know, I I just I don't know how you would assess what you saw during OTAs and minicamp from those guys based on how little they actually did that was close to actual training camp style practice or preseason football. So I don't know what his thought is. Maybe he thinks they're fine there. I don't personally think they're fine there. They could use some more help. I just don't know if they're going to get it. And, uh, Jason, the uh, you mentioned we got you on early in the uh, Juneteenth kind of way. We'll also get you out early today. But um, I don't know why the the – and maybe it had to do with uh, some of the stuff around the golf tournament, but it seems like this three-year contract that Aaron Rodgers has is all of a sudden feeling like a one-year deal and not the worries of is Aaron going to go play somewhere else all of a sudden. It's is he going to retire after mm -hmm. this season? Do you yeah. think it's really about, you know, I can't figure it out. Is he more likely or less likely to retire if they were to win a Super Bowl? Uh, I think more likely. Um, I think he had a very telling but you know, answer. Aaron, you know Aaron, and to me mm, it's like if he won, like maybe none of us do, right? I was just thinking <laughs> if he were to win a second, wouldn't the way his brain worked, wouldn't he then need to like win a third? Like I, I can't figure him out, and that, that's why to me it's like, is I I don't know if if he loses again earlier, would it feel like he's far away? And I think the common thought is, you know, win and he'd retire. But I, I almost wonder if it's the other way around. Look, I, I, the the Aaron Rodgers that I know or knew. Um, I don't think he, I wouldn't believe he'd retire either way. I don't. I believe that he has become Favre-like in many ways, including he wants to play until he can't play anymore. Now, he has said multiple times in the past and recently, uh, and reminded me that I, he had told me this in the past, that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be out there if he's a bum. That's what he always would say. And wait, 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 wait. Kyle, 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 we may need to stop. Reminded Jason recently. Does that mean... No, no, no. At the end of the season. No, at the oh, end okay, of the season. Okay, 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 okay. We, we didn't know uh, there was breaking, uh, breaking uh, mm, Will D. Rogers no, friendship. No bum. Aaron Rodgers is no bum, as you said. Before. Right, right, right. We knew that, but I just didn't know if there was breaking friendship news in the uh, Jason Aaron friendship. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> If I, was, if I could break any news here, okay, okay, continue. Uh, no, no. Uh, but his point was uh, that he doesn't ever want to look. He doesn't ever want to play poorly and overstay his welcome. Um, 
and that's important to him. The question is, how do you know, and how long do you keep going if you want to be able to, as Harv used to say, pull an Elway and be able to retire after winning a championship? Now, in Elway's case, he won back-to-back. But that's the challenge for Rodgers, is to find exactly where the right time is, right? And, and if the Packers are going to continue to allow him to set his own off-season schedule and are willing to maybe even you know, limit his practice reps during the week, during the season some, because, look, he's going to say, look how well I played last year even though I couldn't practice during the week with my pinky toe. Um, maybe there's a way to have him be... Uh, alleviated some of that grind that he was talking about and maybe it allows him to play longer he he went from i'm not going to play past 36 37 when we were doing the radio show to i'm going to play into my 40s and now it's year to year i i just i believe that he will try to play as long as humanly possible even if he wins the title but i don't so know uh, let me throw this out to both of you guys so to me if he wins a second then he's in Peyton Manning territory, right? Who won yep. one in Indy and then one late with Denver. If he wins a third, and I know that that's a big jump because he only has one right now, to me then right. it's Brady, Montana, and then Aaron Rodgers is top three. Wow. You know, then he's then he's ahead of Manning because he'll have accumulated numbers as good as Manning plus an extra Super Bowl. And so to me, that's why if he wins another I'm thinking he's going to 45, Jason, because he saw Brady win one super late. So yep. I think he would just keep going at that point. And he knows he's not catching Brady at this point, right? So it's about, right. you know, the legacy of maybe catching Montana. But for him, at least right now, he wants to get to two, right? I mean, that, there's there's no way he wants to go out with one. Right. And that's, uh, it's, a, it's a moot point until he gets to two, right? And yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be a contender this year. I am more skeptical of them as a contender this year than I was last year or than I was in 2020. I think they're a playoff team. That's why I'm saying I want to wait and see what they look like in the second half of the season. They could be the team that no one wants to play in the second half of the season. No doubt about it. But I still am not quite sold on this being... Uh, another Super Bowl team. I'm going to need to but Jason, see. We know. Right here. I mean, look, Od- Odell Beckham, right, right, was added to the Rams last year. We know there's guys always, especially at the receiver position, for whatever reason, that are available seven, eight weeks into an NFL season. So if mm-hmm. the Packers, if that, if that really is the difference, hey, a playmaker at tight end, a playmaker at wide receiver. I mean, the Packers will have the opportunity in season to meet that need, and it's not like it's so difficult like oh you need a full training camp to to get a rhythm like i mean they if that's really the difference if this defense is close to what mina kimes was saying it's going to be i mean that that could be goody's spot right to be like all right are we going to we've used the word all in right team people have used it around our team we really are going all in i mean you know this isn't like when we go into training camp it's not like okay this is our receiver for 17 weeks like there's going to be a chance to get legitimate difference making receivers during the season yeah there will be but based on his track record uh what is brian gutekunst trade deadline uh, history. It has been trying to get guys 
and not getting any guy, right? That's predominantly what his, you know, he made a play for Will Fuller. He made a play for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he made a play for uh, Odell Beckham. Tom, Odell Beckham. He made a play for the defensive tackle. Uh, I think he's in Minnesota now, Tomlinson. Like, he made all these efforts, but none of the deals actually came to fruition. And they ended up with uh, picking up Jalen Smith and uh, Whitney Merciless during his two uh, forays into trade deadline. Those were guys that were cut. So, um, I'll, again, I'll believe when they had guys via trade at the trade deadline, uh, I'll say, see, he is able to do it. But to this point, I don't think there's a lot of examples that show that he will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kyle, I mean, this is... I know you, you kind of have that season of dreams feeling you're excited for the Brewers. I feel like you're not there on the Packers. No, I think I'm right with you. I was going to ask Jason because I, I just have this feeling that I, they don't seem like a Super Bowl contender yet, but I think it's just because I don't know what the receiving options are going to be. I mean, if, if Christian comes out and he's a stud, then that changes my whole perception. But the fact that we don't know what the receiving But that seems like, Jason, you said, mm-hmm, but I, I mean, it almost felt like to me that you would have three or four guys ahead of Christian as, like, the potential stud on this team. Like, I feel like you've, like, written him off for rookie year and, like, maybe he's second year or stud. Written off is probably strong, but I would definitely say this. Uh, That is the if that would change my opinion, and I'm agreeing with Kyle on that. Like, I am a skeptic of him as a rookie, hugely productive rookie. Uh, okay, well, how about this? I'll... How about this, Jason? Considering where he's coming from, the the level of play, but also the grind of a 17-game regular season, is he more likely to be a difference-making receiver in the first half of the year as he, you know, is fresh and all that, or in the second half as he's had time to adapt to the skill level? Because, you know, it's a long season, right, compared to anything he's played before. But he's also adjusting. So if he's going to be that guy, is he more likely to be that guy in the first half of the year or the second half of the year? No, second, second, in my opinion, the second half, for sure. Yeah. What's right. disappointing to me is that I see second-round wide receivers like a T. Higgins uh, from a couple years ago with Cincinnati, I think just two years ago, who came in and had a, a great rookie year right away. Just, why, why is Christian Watson not going to be ready to have a great year? Isn't, isn't, that what you, isn't that what you want from a guy when you draft him? Granted, it's the second round, but you traded two second-round picks to get him. But it, I would expect him to be an immediate impact player, it, so you don't, we get rid of Devontae. But you don't even look at who, what skill level he was playing against in college? I mean... That plays a role, but I'm, what I'm saying is when I look at it, there's going to be a receiver drafted after Christian Watts is going to make me very upset, and he's going to be probably falling out this year, and I'm just going to say, dang, I wish we had that guy. I mean, you can't predict the future, but the Packers need to find a guy that can immediately impact, not a guy that's going to be able to impact three years yeah. from now. Aaron may not be here three years from now. And, and Kyle, you're right. That could be the case, but he could also be Jalen Ragor, who was drafted 12th by Philly and has been a colossal disappointment, right? Like, there's very there's true rookie there's rookie receivers that come in especially now more than in the past that come in and are productive right away but there's still a bunch of them who are just meh or worse and i think christian watson's going to be somewhere in the math category and if he's better that is awesome for them uh but you know that's why you draft three guys i think samari Toure showed some stuff and i think 
Romeo Dobbs showed some stuff. I can't wait for training. I mean, I can wait for training camp. I'm going to enjoy not uh, having to be at practice every day for a few weeks here. But once training camp arrives, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what those wide receivers do, all four of the rookies, and what they do in preseason games, largely playing with Jordan Love. Like, maybe someone is really going to rise up, and you're going to say, this guy's got to play. When he's on the field, he's going to be on the field with Rodgers during the regular season, but he has shown enough that he's going to play and play a lot. I think they're, I think if you if you look at what their three wide receiver set is going to be when they're in their base three-by-one offense, it's going to be Cobb or Amari Rodgers in the slot, and it's going to be Lazard on one side and Sammy Watkins on the other until these rookies show that they deserve more playing time. And I'm saying I'm I'm as bullish on Watson as you could be. I think he he was part of such a winning organization in college that people think about when they think about what he was in college, they think about that he went to a, a non you know power five, not even a that's, division one school, that's right? Got two, that's I got two starting NFL quarterbacks right. basically going to be this year. But instead, I think he was part of a team that had so much talent, and he wasn't like uh, transferring or all that. He was part of a, a winning culture and unselfish player and I think I think we're gonna see a guy who fits in culturally incredibly well, a guy who's gonna work hard, a guy who physically has what it takes, and uh, a guy who'll do more sooner than I think what Jason's predicting. So we'll see how that goes. Jason Wildy, you can catch him uh, with Tausch nine to noon every Monday through Friday. You can check him on Twitter at Jason J. Wildy and today you can catch him on the ESPN Wisconsin float at the Green Bay Juneteenth parade. Thank you, Jason. All right guys, take care, be good. There he is, Jason Wildey, brought to us by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. So we'll uh, we'll come back. No 7-Eleven when we come back, we'll, uh, but the 7-Eleven is coming up soon. As we roll on, we are on MLK Drive in Milwaukee at the Juneteenth Parade, and you're listening to Sunday Karma on ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Welcome back to... MLK Drive, it is Juneteenth, and I am joined by the most requested advocate in the state of Wisconsin. You can tap in every Monday through Friday on 1017 The Truth to the Tory Lowe Show. I'm here for that action. Bring in the and smoke. I'm ready to bring that smoke. You bring hey, in the I'm smoke. About to bring the smoke right now. Tori, honored to have you with us. Hey, and God um, bless you, Craig. How about this crowd for Juneteenth? You said it's a little. You've been coming to this parade for a, for long, a long time. A long time since I was a little boy. I, my grandma's house was on Fifth and Fifth uh, and North Avenue. The parade was on Third. Start. It used to all the way be all the way down to Third and North Avenue. Yeah. So I mean, and came all the way down to Burlock. Fifth and North Avenue. That's on my ring doorbell. I, I see. And nowadays, there's a lot of uh, action oh, going on drama. there. It's yeah, a, it's a lot of drama. But you know what? I think that we are starting to realize that we all have to contribute to make this better. 
And what what did you say is different from your standpoint from oh, what you're seeing this year compared to back, what I'm past this year? I'm seeing white families out here. You know, white children out here, uh, Hispanics, uh, you know, Asian and their children. Like, it's families coming out to soak in the culture this year. And largely, that may be due to it being a national holiday. Yeah. So you, you think Juneteenth getting a little uh, wider spread recognition and then, you know, people who want to learn saying like, hey, what what at, my kids getting off from school or whatever, the school's over. Yeah, I'm off from work. What can I actually do to understand Juneteenth? So right. bringing their family out here to the parade. Plus, this is not only just an Independence Day for blacks, it's an in Independence Day for America. You yep. know, it's not like I, I wanted to see fireworks. I've been I've been talking about fireworks. I don't think we're going to get them this year, but I want the same effect for Independence Day that we do for the fourth. Yeah. Now, all, all I know is uh, on my ring doorbell, <laughs> I, I, I see that alert like two or three times a night where people are like, are those fireworks or are those something uh, no, else no, going no, on no. in the that, community? That's, right. That's, like, that's somebody popping off. That right. Ain't no fireworks. Yeah. That's, you can always tell when it's a firework. Yeah. What's the difference? Because a firework will have a little flat sound. Okay. It'll it'll, it'll it's a flatter sound. Yeah. But then the gun is just more explosive. I, when you grow up hearing gunshots and have to lay on the floor, yeah, when as a child, you kind of know what's what. So as you, somebody will freak out and not be like, oh, that's just some firecrackers. Don't worry about it. So you talked about the state of Juneteenth, but what is uh, you know a, as an advocate who is you know constantly on the streets, uh, what is the I state was just of Milwaukee? Dealing with a couple homicides. You you know, yeah. within the last four days. I mean, yeah. it's just what you do. It's just a part of the community. Um, it's a sad part of the community. It's a part that you really don't want to happen, but it's just what's going on. Yeah, and for you, as uh, as someone who's here, is there, like, are there benchmarks that you look at? Like, how do you measure if, like, hey, things are getting better, things are getting worse? Well, well, like, do you have things in your mind? Well, like, they, that definitely things are getting worse when children and women are being affected. I knew uh, back in 2015 when I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, but I saw in 2015 a larger amount of women and children being affected by what's going on in the streets. And now it's just regular now. But when it first started, I kind of tried to get ahead of it back in 2018, 2019. I worked very hard to drop the crime. If you look it up in 2018, 2019, uh, violence dropped, 32% crime dropped. And I was out here every day full time because I was starting to see the women and children were being. But then, you know, people started taking credit. The mayor took the credit. The chief took the credit. Well, and, now, wait, the other I thing just, I've heard you say is that hey. COVID-19, because of um, kids in the inner city not being able to go to school for two years, that causing moms right. and women to be home, right. have to lose their jobs. Well, COVID, COVID and, and all that. So, so you've talked about how, you know, even when people think, okay, COVID's, you know, the inner city's over it, that it's not. The impact uh, that we're going to see from these last oh. few years is... is we, we're still continue. underneath. Of course. Like, we don't even understand. Uh, a lot of people don't want to see the flip side of this city. Like, what's really going on out here on these streets? And I always say, from a frontline perspective, we got a long ways to go and we got to improve. Like, we had this conversation about we got to improve the education. We got to improve the job opportunities in the area. And we got to also improve the community, communication, and neighborhood development so we are allocating the dollars that are coming in in the right space. I don't think, and this is just my opinion, I don't think the monies, the millions of dollars that are coming into the city is actually going to the right people that know what to do. I, that's just my opinion because I'm getting a lot of calls and I'm asking them, why are you calling me? Because I'm not paid. I'm not a part of or, I'm any organization. I'm just... 
somebody that pays for a lot of my movement out of my pocket. So why are you coming to me and there's millions of dollars coming into the neighborhood? So to me, that's a problem. Tory Lowe, you can catch him from one to four. Tory Lowe Show. Hey, great. 101.7 The Truth. And I thank y'all for being out here today. I mean, uh, it's your first time coming out to Juneteenth. I've not. I've been to the Madison Juneteenth, but I've never been to Milwaukee <laughs> we Juneteenth. We turning up. We yes. turning up. We celebrating. Yes. Yeah, so seven at eleven coming up. But remember, listen to Tory Lowe, one to four every Monday through Friday on 101.7 The Truth. Seven at eleven next Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Aside from a house or a car specifically, what is the most expensive thing you own? Wendy? A 